Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to Farms Advice Agribusiness Podcast, the podcast for agribusinesses wanting to grow through finding the right opportunities and linking up with the right technology. We will be connecting you with the stories from across the sectors, leaving you with the tools and knowledge to implement into your own business. Follow us on our social media accounts at Farms Advice for further motivation to grow your enterprise. week on the Farms Advice Agribusiness Podcast, we'll be sitting down with Martin Murray, better known as Muzz, speaking to him about his experiences within Australian agriculture and specifically as an agronomist in central New South Wales. G'day Martin, how you going mate? Good Jack, what about yourself? Yeah, excellent mate, fantastic to have you on the show today. Um, so we'll just go through and talk a bit about yourself and how you got into Australian agriculture as an agronomist. To kickstart the show... Whereabouts are you based? I'm based out at Armatree these days in sort of central western New South Wales. We're about an hour north of Dubbo. It's probably the easiest way to describe us. Yeah, and how far does your coverage span? Where do you get to see? Uh, so I, I probably, these days, I really just check a, a fairly condensed area. Uh, probably operate within about a 50k radius of Armatree. Um, yeah, it's quite a nice little cropping zone. We're just nestled there, uh, just west of the Warren Bungles, uh, which tends to act as a bit of a rain shadow and just, um, yeah, it seems to make the area fairly productive, even through the last few years. Yeah, you're coming into a bit of a wetter season than the last couple of years. Yeah, no, no, it's, a, I mean, we've set a low bar for ourselves the last few years, but um, we're definitely in front now. Uh, last year was our lowest rainfall year on record. At home, we got about 140 mils there. Uh, we've now got, I couldn't actually tell you the total now, but it's, I think it's over 400. 
Um, and, you know, we're only about halfway through the year, so things are looking pretty good at the moment. Yeah, I think we've had our yearly rainfall in the first four months of the year, just below Dubbo there. Um, yeah, well, that's where we got the bulk of it, just in those first three months. Yeah, fantastic. So we'll just go through, introduce yourself and like your own story and where you've come from and where you've like, how you've ended up being an agro out there near Armatry. Yeah, no, it's, um, so basically I, uh, I grew up on a family farm down at Carathill. Uh, we had rice and sheep down there. Uh, trouble with rice is it grows in water. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> seven years of drought didn't do much for us. Um, yeah, I bet. So we sold up in 2003 uh, and moved up to Moree uh, where my old man got a job in town. Um, but since that, we've always tried to maintain a connection with farming and at 16, legal age to work over here. I uh, got a job on a farm during school holidays and carried that through to university break. So it was a cotton farm. It was oh, reasonably varied work, you know, a uh, bit of checking motors, driving tractors, uh, starting siphons was the main one. Uh, and yeah, from there, it, passion just really grew. Uh, after school, I went up to the Territory for a year and had a cracking time up there on Humbert River Station. Uh, and it, it was just a brilliant time. I, I cannot stress that enough. We just had a lot of fun. Every day was a new adventure, whether you're checking a fence line in the middle of nowhere or you're chasing wild cattle with a chopper flying three feet above your head. It's it, just, uh, it was a good time all around. It's pretty eye-opening up there. What, uh, you didn't want to continue down the livestock route? bit different uh, to being an agro. Yeah, no, well, oh, I guess cropping's always mainly been my focus. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I just find if I'm around cattle all the time, I, I get frustrated and you go, geez, that was, those wheat crops, you don't have to catch them. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they don't run, they don't bust fences, they, they don't do anything of that. So, um, yeah, no, I, after my year in the Territory, went back to... Uh, Armadale for university at the University of New England there uh, where I did what's now called oh I'm trying to think of what they now call it it was called agri-food systems when I did it but I think it's now called a bachelor of farm production or farm management oh, it's changed over yep. yeah yeah they, they changed the name of the degree um, just before I graduated actually because I had enrolled under the old name that was what my degree came up as Yep. Um, after that, uh, went down to Carathul, worked on a place there for six months. I'd done the previous cotton season with them during my uni break. This uh, is working took, as an agro or? No, this is working on farm. So I was, uh, the assistant cropping manager, uh, which sort of translated into night shift, everything. <laughs> so how'd you get that <laughs> was, gig? Just knowing someone down there or? Yeah, it was a bit of a fluke. Um, I, I'd originally, so this, this was before I finished uni. I, um, I'd applied, well, I'd uh, applied to go to where I normally worked in the uni holidays. Uh, and they just said, look, we can only do a couple of days a week. There's not a lot of water. We don't have a lot of crop. And that is the trouble with irrigation. If you don't have the water, uh, you don't have the crop, you don't have the work. And so I said, oh, look, oh, thanks, but I really need something more than a couple of days. Uh, applied to a job in the land, said irrigator wanted. 
Um, yeah, sent through my resume, did an interview over the phone, and they said, righto, um, you've got the job. I said, awesome, but uh, where am I going? Yeah. You can sort of tell from the, <laughs> from the phone number, it's down around Griffith, but yeah. And uh, turns out it was actually my family farm. It was one of about three properties that they owned. Um, the people that we'd sold it to had sold it onto them. Uh, so it was just, yeah, it was a bit of a trip down every lane in a way. It's pretty nuts. Um, you would have known the inside and out of down there then. Yeah, well, it changed a bit. Uh, things had changed around. They had sort of squared up a few paddocks, made things a bit more efficient, and uh, they'd converted from rice to cotton. Um, and were doing rather well out of it. Did they go dry then or were they irrigated? No, irrigated. Uh, it really doesn't have the rainfall down there to support uh, dry land. Uh, dry land cotton in particular, there's just no summer rainfall. It's a real winter-dominated area. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually been quite interesting to see that area change. It, it sort of went from rice to cotton, and now it's going into almonds fairly heavily. Um, yeah, that whole riverina is just a hive of activity. Um, so, yeah, anyway, after I finished uni, I, I spent another season there. And then at the end of that season, I... Um, I thought I should really be getting more into agronomy and doing what I'd sort of trained to do at uni and uh, applied to a job uh, up on the Liverpool Plains with uh, Amps Commercial, yep. doing pasture and forage agronomy along with a bit of cotton TSP work and, um, yeah, really fell on my feet. And uh, four years later, four, nearly four and a half, uh, still with Amps, uh, but I've moved out to Armatree uh, doing mainly broadacre agronomy out here, but with a little bit of pasture stuff on the side. With, uh, with first joining as an agro, you're the bottom feeder and like you go up as a graduate or like how do they step out your career? Or you just go fully into the paddock and then start telling people what's going on? No, no. So they, they pair you up with a uh, more experienced agronomist. And you go from there. Uh, when I started, that was with a fellow by the name of Adrian Dryden uh, because I was doing pasture and forage work. He spent a lot of time in the pasture game working for a seed company uh, prior to his time at Amps. Um, and so I spent a fair bit of time going around with him, you know, learning the chemicals, learning the rates, learning the weeds, learning the conditions uh, that you use everything under. And um, sort of went from there. And from that, once we're getting a bit more into the broadacre cropping space, uh, our chief agronomist, uh, Tony Lockery from up at Mulree, as the fellow that we bounced off, uh, worked off him a fair bit. Um, and still do, still query him for advice. Uh, we've got a, you know, internal chat group, as I'm sure most companies do. And... Um, you know, if we're unsure of anything, we run it through there just to make sure we're providing the best service that we can. Yeah, that's perfect. So it's pretty much like a, you've got a mentor right the way through as an agro. Yeah, correct, correct. It's really a mentorship thing. I mean, um, yeah, I guess university gives you a good background understanding. Yep. Uh, but it, it really doesn't prepare you for the, the day-to-day job of an agronomist, which you know, it makes sense. So you, you need that mentor to guide you through yeah with um like your 
degree, do you think you'd be able to be an agro without a degree? Or they're always looking for someone coming out as a graduate? Um, well, it's an interesting one because, I mean, I, I believe you could. I believe if you were trained and mentored by the right individuals, you, you could uh, quite easily be a very good agronomist without having a degree. But in terms of getting that first job and getting yourself in the door, you, you do need that degree. It's, um, it's what employers are looking for. Yeah. Was it pretty competitive or like getting into the agro side of things? There's a few going for um, it straight after uni, especially from UNE. You, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's a really interesting one because getting that first job, that's the difficult bit. It's really hard, really competitive uh, to get that first job. Uh, get that graduate and agronomist type position. Uh, but once you've got three or four years under your belt, uh, it's open slather. You get recruiters hitting up on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, agronomists are in really, really high demand. Uh, yeah. So if you can stick out those first few years, you can pretty well go wherever you want. You're bound to find a job there. Yeah, excellent. For like for yourself, you use um, like LinkedIn to like create your own voice, and I see you got a TikTok kicking off. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've yeah used a range of things, uh, social media, bit of Instagram, bit of um, uh, bit of uh, Facebook, of course, LinkedIn, and uh, yeah, just the last few weeks I've sort of kicked off a bit of a TikTok account. Uh, it's an interesting one. I'd yeah, it's not something I'd, I'd heard of it and I, I'd never really had much to do with it. And I was uh, listening to a podcast by Gary V, and I mean, he, he keeps banging on saying, you've got to be on TikTok. And <laughs> I thought, oh, bugger it, why not? I bet, he didn't, think home, he, so. I bet he didn't think he'd reach out to like an Aggie like yourself. Yeah, no, no, I, <laughs> I don't think he would have. Uh, yeah, thought he would get out this far, but uh, it's amazing to see how many farmers are actually on it. Um, yeah. There's this one bloke that he yells at the alpaca, Patrick. Have you seen that one? He's yeah, down I've in Victoria. Seen Valley Boy. Yeah, Valley yeah. Boy. Um, if you're looking to find Martin, you can find him at Martin Murray Ag on TikTok. You got a few views there on How's the Serenity, the last one. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, that one went surprisingly well. Just for, you know, a bit of a view from the top of a hill. Yeah, it's good to like get that out there, mix it up. Um, and then also for people wanting to get into ag, looks like it's a lot more fun than what people can perceive it to be. Um, it's not always hard manual work. You can get it on there and have your own voice within ag. No, no, that's it. No, I mean, obviously this is a podcast, but anyone who's seen me knows I haven't done a lot of hard manual work in a fair while. <laughs> <laughs> been packing them on bit of, um bit of driving the ute around yeah no, no a bit too much of driving the ute around but yeah you, you you'll get the vibe from it that you know it's fairly varied uh cover a bit of country um yeah and just see a range of environments range of crops uh and just a range of amazing sites as i said we're nestled in the warren bungles and oh one of my favorite paddocks to go check is just in the foothills the view is just amazing. I, I think you'll see it in one of my earliest videos there on TikTok. Yeah, I'll have to get in and have a look. 
Um, yeah, it's, that's the job I've always wanted is to get around, travel, see different parts um, and see what everyone else is up to. This is how I thought the podcast would run, um, combining a bit of a mixture of everyone coming together just to say, have like the one voice um, so you can go to the one spot to listen to everything. At the moment for yourself, what's the biggest challenge as an agro for you personally or like even amps coming through a drought? Or um, I think the biggest challenge is just to make sure everyone has the best year that they can at the moment. Um, as I said, last year was our lowest rainfall year on record. The two years before weren't much better. Um, now that we've had a bit of rain, everyone's got a crop in. We really just want to get on top of things and make sure everything goes as smoothly as possible. Pardon me. Um, because it's, it is just essential for a lot of our growers. They've had a few really tough years and they just, they really need a good crop. Uh, so that's what we're trying to work through at the moment. I guess, technically speaking, if you like a few more agronomic issues, we've uh, sort of seen a bit of herbicide resistance coming to light. Um, in my area in particular, uh, it seems to be ryegrass, yep. uh, a fair bit of uh, Roundup resistance. Um, and it's just one of those things that has sort of snuck under the radar for the last few years. And yeah, now we've got rain, now everything's growing. We're <laughs> scratching our heads finding out how many paddocks actually do have a bit of resistance in there. Are you just finding that like, with the ryegrass coming through or is there other varieties? Like other uh, weeds? Yeah, mainly ryegrass in this area. Uh, yep. Windmill grass is our other really hard to kill locally. Uh, it's a summer grass that's, um, yeah, closely related to Feathertop Roads and those out there, sort of Gundawindi, Darling Downs, Moree, who have had a bit to do with Feathertop Roads will know what a pain it can be to kill. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've known about that one for a while. Um, it's just, yeah, really ryegrass that's sort of sort of come out of the woodwork just lately what's the like farmers thinking of it as like over in europe they're looking to ban glyphosate um well they were and then we came into this COVID and brexit and whatnot what's like they're thinking of it all are they looking to get away from the chemicals that are, could be damaging the soils under uh Look, I think the evidence on uh, and the science behind glyphosate is is pretty clear cut that it is one of the safest, if not the safest, um, chemical we have available. Uh, it's yeah, I've I've got full certainty that it's not uh, a detriment to our farming systems. The biggest worry with glyphosate for us is weed resistance to glyphosate, which is comes back to us from an over reliance on it. But I think the lessons have been learnt and we now work to double knock weeds, rotate our actives, all those sort of things that help prevent, uh, build up herbicide resistance. Yeah, so they're using it more for like no-till or? Yeah, for no-till. Yeah. And that's the other important thing. Like the, the Australian farming system is really a moisture limited system. Uh, we could not farm uh, and get the yields that we get without no-till and for that to happen well we, we, we can't till we can't work the soil we need to rely on herbicides uh, to control weeds to manage moisture and store as much moisture as we can in the profile so that when we sow a crop we know we're going to get a good crop 
Uh, it's yeah, it's just the nature of the beast. I know other places, uh, like say the US, can rely on a fairly heavy snowfall, or Europe. I assume they get a snowfall there, and some areas just get fairly regular rainfall. But yeah, yeah. we we don't have that luxury. We've got to capitalise on every rain event that we can get, and store as much moisture as we can get. Yeah, absolutely. For yourself, um, have we missed like an important question that you'd like to answer or like debunk a myth within ag, either personally or just within an agronomy? Is that like uh, no, person? I, I, yeah, I, I really don't have anything uh, else to add other than if you are a young person looking to get into ag, uh, agronomy is a great career. Um, yeah, it's a great it's just a great builder. It's a great launching pad. You can sort of go anywhere from it, whether you want to find your way back on farm, either working back on a family farm or for a corporate, uh, or if you want to just pursue a career as a, um, as a paddock agronomist, it's yeah. Uh, or branch out into research sales, anything like that, a good solid background in agronomy, um, will really get you there. Uh, yeah. and, as I said, landing that first job can be tough, but once you get it and you've been in there that, you know, three to four years, you can go anywhere. Yeah, good place to test the waters. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, so for having you on board, Martin, um, we're looking to do once a month or even a bit more frequent than what that is. So we're keen to have you on board um, for anyone looking to get a bit of an agro update from farms advice agribusiness podcast be excellent just to have that aspect added into the show um, and then you can run through like the difficulties within that week or month that you've had and just the overview of what farmers are looking into yeah no, that sounds good really keen to be be part of the program part of the process Excellent. I look forward to hearing what you've learned as a young agronomist within your area. And for anyone that you'd like to have on Farms Advice Agribusiness Podcast, who would you recommend and why? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I'd, uh, I'd actually, <laughs> it might be a bit self-interested, but I'd really like to get, say, one of our growers or, um, or our head researcher uh, on the show. Um, and reason behind that is just, yeah, again, it's a, it's a bit self-serving, but the company I work for, basically the commercial side of the business only works to generate revenue to fund research. Uh, we do a lot of privately funded research to benefit our growers. Um, and it's all proper small plot replicated, uh, research work. And I'd just really like to get, yeah, either, our head researcher on or one of our growers that have really benefited from the research just to go over the importance of local farm-based research um, that you know will work and ways that you can go about it not even just say as a promotion for the company I work for but just maybe to get other people thinking in other areas um, and have them think about what they can do locally to try and get on top of uh, a bit of research in their area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, R&D is important for like the trials that you do. Do you do them yourself or? I help out from time to time. Uh, but in terms of company-wise, we do them ourselves. Yep. Um, 
yeah, there's, we, we've got an entire dedicated team with all the gear, all the know-how, and they make it happen. That is their sole job to run research trials. And I believe they got something called like 14,000 winner plots this year uh, scattered over uh, five districts loosely, I guess. Um, yeah. Is, it, is that just to get varying like rainfall or...? Uh, it's, to get lo- uh, it's to get localised data for growers in those areas. You know, each region yeah. has its has its own advantages and disadvantages, different soil types, different problems um, and different solutions to those problems. So that's why we do it. Get localised results to help those growers in those areas. Yeah, excellent. So how, how big are the trials? Are they small plots? Yeah, so they're small plot trials. Yep. Um, yeah, replicated small plot. You'll get to a trial site. It'll have um, uh, normally three or four ranges. So they're the rows. Um, and then in those rows, there'll be a metre and a half plots. And there could be, uh, yeah, 20 ranges across um, and by four rows. Or they there could be hundreds in the trial site. They're just, as I said, metre and a half plots, different varieties, different fertiliser treatments, different, uh, yeah, different, say, growth promotants or uh, canopy management, um, yeah, treatments. It's, yeah, it's a bit bit elaborate to go into, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's excellent. Um, so for anyone wanting to contact you, like either through your company or your own social media how can we find you uh twitter tiktok now i guess linkedin instagram facebook i'm yeah. sort of everywhere <laughs> i'm not too hard to find yeah excellent um so any anything last that you'd like to get on here before we go uh not really mate um loving the show so far best of luck with the rest of it and uh, i look forward to being part of it in the future Thanks, mate. We'll we'll probably have you on, um, say down a month down the line or something, and then we'll go from there. See how things are going, and just check in. That sounds good. No, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Talk soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. Follow Martin throughout the paddock on Twitter at Martin underscore Murray one. Catch all the show's notes at farmsadvice.com.au or on our social media channels at Farms Advice, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Farms Advice podcast. I hope that we can help you fill in the gaps of your business to help you grow into the future. If you'd like to get in touch, see how we can grow your agribusiness, please visit us at farmsadvice.com.au. Please share this podcast with your colleagues, friends and family to help us find the right audience to improve Australian agribusiness. Hope to see you next time. Cheers. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.